Welcome to Surroundscapes, a podcast series featuring a diverse collection of interviews with thought leaders from around the world, addressing the general subject of the future of business. This content is curated by Blue Sound Professional and focuses on the role of the oral and visual senses in creating unique, delightful, and compelling experiences to stimulate business. This first series of Surroundscapes is focused on the future of hospitality and retail, the sector of the market in which Blue Sound Professional is the most active and a market sector hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'd like to introduce Nick Larkins from QSIC. Nick's talking to us from Melbourne, Australia, and we'll talk about the really innovative business music service that QSIC provides. So welcome, Nick. Thanks, Graham. Appreciate you having me on. So to start off with, can you give us some background on QSIC, Nick, how it came to be, as well as where geographically it's available? Yeah, Kizzy got a little bit of a unique, you know, I guess, birth, if you could say. Matt, my co-founder and I, we actually had a business back in the late 2000s, a home automation business. So my background's always been in, in audio visual and he had a uh, networking and uh, point of sale kind of background. We actually went to school together and I was over in London and he'd, he'd been doing his own kind of overseas adventures at the time. We reconnected, yeah, it would have been late 2000s and I've been exposed to a lot of the home automation systems in England and in Europe. At that time, he was really interested in that whole automation space and was keen to learn more and we kept that conversation going and you know, ended up actually starting our own business in home automation and, and servicing and kind of the, the residential and commercial market here in Melbourne, which is fantastic little business there. And I think through that kind of experience of working in the commercial space in particular, we saw just how antiquated and archaic uh, music was being handled in businesses. There were huge PCs that, you know, CDs were sent out to, to site um, every month for, for venues to upload. And it was very proprietary, the hardware. And we were very early exposed to streaming, especially in the residential market through products that would allow you to be installed on a home network and you'd sign up to a, a streaming service. We kind of cheekily did it through proxies back then to, to use um, streaming services out of America. In particular, there was one called Rhapsody. It was an amazing platform because you could put this little handheld device and in someone's hand and they pick a song and you should be able to find it and they could play it anywhere in their home and that was something that we took and we're like well, why isn't this being implemented in in the commercial kind of space and so we started you know naively just installing these systems in venues and, and hospitality venues in particular look you know instead of getting a cd every month his product that will give you the latest and greatest as soon as it's released and you yeah, will pretty quickly introduce to the world of music licensing and and how illegal that kind of was to to do that it wasn't necessarily that legal to be doing it in the residential market because we we're using a service from overseas in australia but it was completely illegal in the uh, commercial space and it was something that we dove into is commercial licensing and and how music licensing works and how it's completely different to, to use music at home as it is to, to using music in a business. And a good example that we like to tell people when we're educating them on commercial music licensing is that it's a little like cable TV or we've got a platform here called Foxtel where you can have cable at home and, and watch anything you want for $30 a month 
But if you take that product and you put it in a venue like a pub, you have to pay a premium because you're using that product to draw people into your pub in order to make money off them by them drinking and watching the UFC or boxing or whatever it is. And it's the same with music. You're using music to draw people in, to give them a great experience. So you have to pay a premium for that. And that's something that we went looking for. We can't be the way of the future sending CDs out to, to venues. There has to be a better way. There has to be a service like Rhapsody that's commercially licensed for businesses. And we just couldn't find anything. And again, naively just thought, well, let's reach out to the labels and the governing bodies here and, and get licensing for it and build it ourselves and take that product as a value add, the, the home automation services or the, you know, the audio visual services that we're already providing these businesses and sell that as a value add product at the end of it. Subscription service, all the music you can want at your fingertips. And it took us a few years worth of conversations with the labels to get licensing um, and the governing bodies, I should say. You know, once we got there, we did all the first uh, commercially licensed music streaming service in Australia. We launched live with a handful of our customers and very quickly learnt again that it wasn't just about handing over a whole catalogue of music and, and getting these businesses to curate content themselves, but you had to provide them with that service. And that quickly snowballed into taking a lot of our time into refining and designing these playlists for these businesses that could be quite bespoke at times that we realized that there was so much work in this. It wasn't just a value add product. It was a it was a completely separate and, you know, it required a lot of focus as a business itself. So as that business grew, we split out Cusick into its own business and shut that home automation business down to solely focus on the music side of it. We ended up becoming Cusick. And from there, we really entered the market. It would have been about 2013, 2014s when we, we really kind of separated it out and focused in on it. We came in at the right time. Music streaming was really starting to take off then. The consumer side really educated everyone on what music streaming was and how great it is. We really just came in at the right time and at the right price point. It really took off for us here. We, we landed a few groups and, and networks across around Australia and started to make a name for ourselves and people love the service. And, and from there, it snowballed to, to where we are today. Great, thanks very much, Nick. This next question, I think, is one that I'm really going to be interested in your answer for, because I know that this is a really interesting question as concerned QSEC, which is, what are the unique features of your music service compared to other people's? It is a really interesting topic, not only just in the, um, the consumer space, but, but also that, that commercial space, because... You know, music really is commoditized to, to a certain extent. Apple Music has the exact same catalog as Spotify. So how do they differ? And it, it really differs on the consumer space, on the algorithm. Who's got the best recommend, recommendation engine? Who's got the best playlists and discovery kind of tools? And that's where, you know, the battleground really is in that space. And it'll continue to be and it'll continue to kind of consolidate. In the background space, it is a lot different. We do see a lot of businesses using those products, those consumer products, even though it is legal, those, those products aren't licensed for commercial use. It's probably not our target market. You know, coming from the background that we had in home automation, we wanted to take that same approach into businesses. We quickly realized how important music was for these businesses. 
and how easily it can ruin or tarnish a business's reputation by having people or different you know, managers, if you will, come in and completely change the experience based on what they like and what they think works. Whereas what we quickly learned was that for us in the, in the commercial space, it's about taking complete control and providing zero touch systems to these businesses so that they can rest assured that no one is coming in and having personal preference over what's being played in these businesses and changing the experience constantly because manager A is in in the morning and the next morning another venue manager's in and playing punk rock that morning and classical the next morning. There's just no continuity there. That is so important for businesses, being able to provide them with surety that that experience is maintained and they've got that continuity across their network. Going back to the question of what value do we bring to that? Having that automation background, we've really taken that approach of, okay, how do we integrate into that venue or into their systems to be able to automate it as best we can so staff don't have to worry about how that front of house experience is running. They can focus in on that customer experience and, and providing the best service they can to their customers with us taking care of that front of house piece for them. We've done things like developed a product called AVA, which is called Autonomous Volume Adjustment. Because what we found with some of our businesses was that they were constantly changing the volume based on how busy it was in store. It was a huge problem for them because when it gets busy, the last thing you're thinking about is, what oh, is the music the right volume or you know, is it not? Um, and then if they do change and they do realize it is too low, they increase it. And then all of a sudden that store empties then you know, they might forget that it is a little too loud for that time. And that's, that's one piece of technology that really benefited from, or we, we saw a lot of benefit for our customers in, is being able to take what listening to an environment can do and then being able to adjust the volume level based on how busy it is was very valuable to these businesses. And we do some work with McDonald's, for example. The McDonald's store can change drastically there isn't just a the lunchtime rush doesn't just hit at 12 o'clock every day it can hit at 11 11 30 um you know even even 1 30 depends and and sometimes you know with content and scheduling you don't always want to have you know a traditional day party schedule set in place for these businesses so what ava did for us and, and where we play a really unique role for these businesses is that we can dynamically adjust that schedule based on what we're hearing. So if it's really busy at 11.30, we can say that, you know, the lunchtime rush is hit. Let's change the content base because there's a lot more people in here right now. Let's increase the BPM, let's change the genre. All those kind of things allow us to dynamically adjust the environment in real time. And that's a really unique feature that we bring these businesses and it's working with them. I think that's another really unique service that we bring to our customers is that, you know, we, we constantly want to be evolving the solution with them. It's not a set and forget approach for us. It's not like, here's a media player, um, you guys install it and we'll upload content every month. For us, it's around constantly working with them, pouring new ideas and initiatives and how we can, you know, what, what controls they might need because we do go to the extreme with some of our customers where we completely lock it down so no one touches it. But then, you know, slowly implementing controls that they might need and which can give us feedback too on how these businesses are using our product um, what they're liking and disliking, feedback's a big thing for us. Understanding that you know the music we're playing is 
if it's really annoying the staff, we want to know that because there is a fine line between having great music and, and solely focusing on the on the customer. You also want to have your you know your crew engaged as well and, and feedback from them and making sure they're happy because if they're happy, they're going to provide a better customer experience and service for their customers as well. So, I think that's where we quite uniquely positioned is that, you know, we work quite closely with our customers and provide a surety to our customers that what's playing the environment's right and completely solid. Thanks very much for that, Nick. I'm really glad you brought up some of the stuff you're doing with Ava, because to me, that's kind of the next step in interactive music services. We at the Blue Sound Professional are bringing out ambient noise compensation capabilities into our products in the hardware. But that's really just adjusting the volume of the signal depending on the ambient, whereas you're going to the next level and adjusting the characteristics of the music that's being played, which I think is an amazing feature and a, a differentiator. So I want to go on and talk more about what some of the features of your service that position it well as we come out of this pandemic. And I want to look at two features, one of which you've begun to talk about the safety of using AV systems and the control of AV systems, or maybe more importantly, the lack of control of AV systems in terms of user interface and sanitization, that kind of thing. And the other thing is creating this delightful immersive experience that will draw people back out of their homes, back into public spaces and uh, enable those businesses to build again after this. So if you can talk a bit about that, that would be great. Something we've been thinking a lot about ourselves internally is that it's no um, surprise that it's completely unprecedented this, you know, what we're going through, especially for the, the hospitality industry, probably the most impacted industry or got hit the quickest out of, out of the most. How can they really stand out and, and make people come out of their homes and into these businesses because it's going to be a, a tricky one. And I think that the, the experience and providing something that you can't get at home and, and music, something that's going to completely complement the in-store design, the atmosphere, the food, everything else, if it's a restaurant or bar or pub. And I think, you know, music is, it's going to be so important getting that right because it just complements everything else inside a commercial environment and getting that right is going to be so important for having people come out of their homes and experience something they can't experience at home. I know I'm saying experience a lot here, but it's something that's got to be refined. It can't just be, look, I'm going to plug my iPad in and put this Spotify channel on because that's probably going to be the same Spotify channel that Everyone's been listening at home for the last six months and it's really thinking about how I use music to draw people in, to come in, have a great time, leave and go, wow, like I, I just couldn't have got that at home. From a business perspective, making sure you maintain that. Don't try to change it too much. And if you are going to change it, take a step back, look at it and then make sure that you're changing it in the right way. Don't just change it for the sake of changing it because you know one customer said that, they didn't like it because you should look at a perspective that am I doing something that that person isn't getting at home? And I think, you know, from a control perspective, I know you're talking about the, the employee kind of engagement with the, with the service. Like a, um, I know Blue Sound have a, um, a wall panel that they can use and, and things like that. And I think 
that is a that is a really great product to, to implement into a commercial space where this wall plate can be pre-configured or I think it's to program, pre-programmed, it's programmable through presets where you're able to change um, from five different sources to say you had five different types of channels or, or vibe or experiences, whatever you want to call it. And you, you could work with your staff to say, look, these are the five different things that we're going to run with for the next month. This is how you use it. Super simple. Um, from a hygiene perspective, you know, maybe get them to wipe it down and, and, and do what they do in supermarkets right now after every use, but allow them to, to explore with five different kind of themes. And at the end of, you know, a time period, reassess it and see whether that works and get feedback from your customers because I think that you really do need to provide a, a unique experience off the back of this to, to get people out of their homes and and, in, and into your space um, and um, you know for, from a business perspective music is just so important to do that and you know the way that you guys are thinking is um, is, is right in line with that you're providing that for these businesses and um, it's really exciting. Yeah, thanks very much. And and yeah, our control panel is an easily sterilizable way of, of interacting with the system. But really beyond that, I think the way that, that you're doing interactive automatic adjustment stops maybe even the need for a control panel at all. And and you have just a totally automated system that, that is thinking for you. So, you know, I think that that even potentially stops any form of control being necessary which is which is the ultimate really because that's that's totally uh, safe because there's no control and i think in terms of these experiences this idea that you you need to use as many of your senses as possible and some of the senses like the sense of touch is now unsafe and the sense of smell is now somewhat unsafe because of airborne transmission and even the sense of taste in some cases is is unsafe. That really only leaves us two senses, the, the sense of, of sight and the sense of sound. And in so many businesses, people have been using the sense of sight for forever as their one way of, of really making atmosphere. And this idea of adding, really powerfully adding the sense of sound on top of that that visual experience. So the interior designers and the architects spending a lot of time working on how somewhere looks to layer over that, how it sounds, and to be able to have this idea that, that for a relatively low monthly license, you can really open up the content. Um, so, you know, as you said, go from maybe you've been playing CDs for the last 10 years and you, you know, everyone's sick of the CDs that you've got, or you've been listening to the same radio station forever. And just the idea of coming in and having a much more curated experience that allows you to, to mindfully create the atmospheres you want seems to me a really kind of easy way and relatively inexpensive way of upping your game in terms of experiences. You're spot on. The sense of sight has always been number one. It's it's funny. It's, it's considered the, 
the number one most important thing in designing a whatever venue you're designing. It can be like a pub, a restaurant, a, a, you know, a, a quick service restaurant, whatever it is. It's funny the amount of times over the last few years we've been called at the last minute saying, we forgot about the speaker system. We forgot about the audio solution. What are we going to do? Quickly get in when there, and there hasn't been enough time or thought being put into how you're going to design it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get in too late and you can't run wires to certain areas because you know it's just impossible to get there now because everything's finished. And then you've got spots where you've missed putting a speaker and all of a sudden there's a dead spot over in a corner. You sit in that dead spot, you feel like you know it's a completely different experience to sitting over in uh, the other side of the, the restaurant. And that, that realization for businesses when, they, when they've forgotten that audio is such an integral part of that design that you mentioned. Um, you, you only make a mistake once, right? They're kind of like, radio, we'll call you. You're going to be sitting down with our um, interior designers. We want to design where every single speaker is going to be placed. That's what the great operators do. They bring you in early and they understand that in order to create this atmosphere and this experience and audio is part of the design, part of the site design, alongside the taste, you know, that, that's all going on in the background, but you, know, you can continue to work on that. You don't need to bring that in at the, the site design phase, but vision and, and audio, or site and sound should be designed in parallel, especially when you're looking to create these, you know, really immersive atmospheres and experiences in, in hospitality, I couldn't have ordered that on the couch at home. I think that's what we'll see great businesses doing off the back of this. And, you know, I think people will also get sick of just sitting on the couch. Experience will trump convenience every day of the week for me. I think you're right. I mean, memories, when you look back at your memories or you think back to your memories, it's rarely the night I sat in my pajamas on the, on the couch watching the TV with a pizza in my lap. It's it's a great meal I had with friends. It's a you know it's a wonderful night out I had at a at a bar or a club or something like that. Those are the memories that you you know you remember. And as we go through life, it's about collecting those memories. And I think you know this this single sense, this this sight being everything. So people talk about logos, and me as a sound person go, oh, you mean the visual logo? but they don't think of it as a visual logo, they think of it as a logo. So very few businesses have oral logos or uh, some of them have jingles for specific campaigns, but actually, you know, Intel, T-Mobile, a couple of others have oral logos. And, and now a few businesses are having um, signature scents and things. So they're beginning to explore some of the other senses. I wanna go, go on and ask about what advice you'd give to integrators and also end users that are thinking about using QSIC as to how to get the best out of it. Look, I think, you know, for us, um, again, it's working with, um, work, you know, when, when an integrator is working with a business, um, facetious here and saying that it'd be great if they could sell us in, but they'd, um, to get the most out of QSIC, it is working with them to continually kind of assess what we're providing um, and whether that's working for them because you know as much as we'd love to be a business that you know go and sign up on online and you know you can play whatever you want run with it and we didn't see a lot of success in doing that I think that our product really fell down when we did that we've got our own curation and content guys here that 
that work you know every day with our businesses to to make sure that we're getting feedback from them we're refining what we're delivering to them and and just improving continual improvement is where we've really kind of shone and where we will continue to do so and i think that we saw a couple of years ago when when a lot of the consumer streaming services launched so many businesses take them up again even though they were illegal and fight there was you know to begin with oh they're not legal they're not legal they're not this and it was just you know, I was falling on deaf ears, really. It just didn't hold a lot of weight. And we were like, look, you know, let's, let's, let's not worry about that. Let's work with businesses that really care about that design and, and what we're providing them with. And that's what we did. And then in turn, over the years, you saw people drop off from those consumer services because they realised how detrimental those products were for their business because they're so open. There's so much content out there and there was no refinement in that in-store sound and, and atmosphere and experience it was just too there's just too much um you know and um you know we saw a lot of businesses leave those products come to us and go hey we need help here we want to work with you we want to work closely with you on you know refining that sound for my business this is the theme of it this is what we're going for can you please help us from an audio perspective that's where we've really excelled and that's where we'll continue to I don't know, because I didn't ask you before about this, but are there any specific case studies that you'd, you're able to talk about that you'd want to talk about? Look, we've done, you know, we've done some high level stuff just around audio and the impact that music has had on businesses. And, um, you know, a lot of case studies around the, the impact that music can have on a business. For us, we did you know, some stuff with um, Amazon a few years ago around looking at a, a group of our, um, or AWS, I should say, our platform that we use, around um, looking at the correlation between what, what music we're playing and what impact that has to a business. Really, really hard thing to prove out because there are so many external factors that can sway a business, basically, or impact a business that is really hard to get eyes on. So some of these, um, you know, some of the business that we worked with down a road in, in Melbourne here um, on Swan Street, which Swan Street's the gateway to the MCG, for example. Um, and what, what we did was a, a little case study on the impact that the MCG effect. So, um, you know, we were looking at music and, and correlating against how the business was performing in isolation. You know, it's, it's going really well on a Sunday and we're, we're playing, you know, pop music. And, you know, the next Sunday it didn't go so well. Why is that? And then it's really, look, you, you take it out a bit more to understand what is impacting your business. The MCG effect was that you might have Collingwood, a huge football team here in, in Melbourne, playing at the MCG and you've got 100,000 more people in that area than you did the Sunday before. It was really interesting because we started to look at all these external factors that can affect a business. And we as a business, if we're gonna to get to the point of going, right, we know exactly what song to play, when, where, and that'll boost the performance of that business. We, there's so much information that you need to understand in order to, to get to that point. It's quite hard to do. And a lot easier way of, of looking at it is to say, well, it's just about enhancing the experience. and looking at feedback and making sure people through surveys or whatever it is, looking at, did they have a good experience or not? The reviews, you know, those kind of things where it's easy to kind of extrapolate out what contribution we had to that. Then looking at the bottom line of the business and saying, we did this for them, which I'm sure one day in the future, 
you know, we'll be able to get to that point through the evolution of technology. But like it's something that we continue to do too, is like do little case studies and tests with, with businesses to further understand the impact that audio is having for them. Great, thanks. And for those non-Australians and specifically non-Melbourne people, the MCG is the Melbourne Cricket Ground and uh, is yeah. a huge venue where, where both cricket and Aussie rules football are played. I may have been there once or twice on my uh, trips to Australia. Um, I think kind of it, I'm going to kind of close, bring it to a close now. But what I want to say is that one of the things you've heard repeatedly from Nick is how USIC as a service is developing and better serving business. And there's a lot of analogies within Blue Sound Professional because we looked at it and said, okay, we residential equipment isn't the right equipment for a commercial space. So we'll specifically do commercial equipment. Uh, just the same as QSIC said, the services that you have in your home are not the same as the ones you need in business. And one of the things I'm looking forward to with QSIC is as that collaboration deepens, we'll bring in more features in into our integration so that the the music service and hardware can work closer and closer together. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. You'll begin to see, even with our next software release or firmware release more, more exactly, you'll see some new functionality. And I think as we go forward, there'll be more and more of that stuff. But are, are there any uh, last comments you want to give, Nick? You know, what, what you guys at Blue Sound, just talk a little bit about Blue Sound, is that, um, you know, the product range of Blue Sound Professional is something that we as a business have been looking for out of a um, out of a hardware piece for a long time we've um you know i think that everything that's been put in there and everything that's in the in the roadmap and, and pipeline is really exciting to us because you know we've traditionally used a lot of like consumer-based kind of products and a lot of the commercial audio products that, that are out there haven't really evolved in the last 30 years, you know, with 100 volt line systems and volume knobs and, and like that, this kind of thing that just, it just hasn't been looked at. And like, it's really exciting to, to see a business like Blue Sound be so progressive in their thinking around it and how they can play a big part in revolutionizing the infrastructure that businesses should be using and, and something that can future proof them as well. Like, the best thing that internet-based products like Blue Sound do is that they continue to get better. That's really exciting without you having to outlay a lot of lot of money um, buying new speakers and, and amplifiers and things like that. So great. So how do people get in touch with with you, Nick, and with with QSEC if they want to? We've obviously got a website, um, www.getqsic.com. Feel free to, to hit me up directly. I'm just at Nick, N-I-C-K, at getqsic.com. Um, and yeah, happy to kind of field any questions that any integrator might have and ideas and we're, we're all ears here. Great. Thanks so much, Nick. And this has been a episode of Surroundscapes. Uh, Nick Larkin's talking to us from Melbourne about the wonderfully innovative QSIC business music system. So thanks very much for listening. Please tune in to this podcast in future and goodbye for now. <laughs>